Reuters reported that a number of commodity traders are suing coffee farmers in Brazil that have failed to deliver agreed orders. The price of Arabica has increased to record heights over the past few months, and this has tempted some coffee farmers to default on their contracts with the traders and sell to new buyers at better prices. Fernando Bellotti Ferreira, a partner at Santos Neto Advogados, said the firm is working on 30 lawsuits related to coffee defaults. He said he is acting for four trading houses, but wouldn't name them. However, it is believed that some traders are seeing defaults in about 5% of their contracts. Not all of these are going to court, the companies try to mediate first, and in some cases are accepting a postponement of contracts until 2022. A European trader for a large trading house speaking off the record said. The incentive to default has never been higher, and these guys are not just defaulting on one season's crop. You're looking at the tip of an iceberg here. It will get worse over the next 12 months or longer. It's understandable on one side, for many coffee farmers who have never been paid well, and many of whom suffered from the frost, now to seize the chance to lock in some financial security. But the traders are not going to walk away from big losses, and they're not going to forget those farmers who broke contracts, and this makes me concerned about the situation those same farmers will find themselves in perhaps two years from now, when they may find it hard to sell their crop on advanced contracts. In other cases, there are reports of bizarre situations, such as traders getting court orders allowing them to search farms, with the assistance of law enforcement agents, to locate the missing 60 kilograms bags of coffee. We wonder if some coffee farmers have been falsely reporting to the traders that they cannot fulfill the contract because of the bad weather, while preparing to sell the coffee to a new buyer. We have heard of satellites being used to take images of crops so that traders can assess if they have been damaged, and whether they are being told the truth. Many cases do not make it all the way to court, but it's understood some of the transactions involved are valued at over $1 million. We managed to negotiate and find a solution in most cases. Only in cases when talks ceased, we resorted to the courts, said Nicholas Rueda, North and South America director, Volcafe. The problem is not isolated to Brazil. Ethiopia and Colombia also have seen defaults. In a recent visit to our local roaster, we were told that they were experiencing trouble getting a hold of coffee from Ethiopia. They explained to me that their brokers just can't get it. Considering the increase in shipping costs of 400% plus, many in the industry believe that the situation will remain the same in the short and medium term. San Remo showed off their latest single group, Professional Machine, Host Milan last week. The San Remo, U, is a high-end machine aimed at professionals, small cafes and home baristas with deep pockets. Unlike the San Remo Cube, which we felt missed the sweet spot on price and features, this new model, is San Remo doing what they do best, making stunning design machines for the high-end professional. The only thing they didn't reveal at the show, was the price, which we're expecting to be in the eye-watering category. A single group Slayer comes in around £9,000 including tax here in the UK, so I wouldn't expect to see it come in at much less for a similarly spec machine. The single group Slayer makes amazing coffee, and I was fortunate to have used one recently at a friend's roastery. But the Hue takes things to a new level with a very smart-looking digital readout and ability to connect to an iPad. The app connection is something I've personally got little interest in, 
although once into flow profiling, I can see the use of going through saved profiles and tasting notes. As you'd expect on such a machine, it uses a saturated group head for thermal stability, and we noted from the demonstration that temperature was set using one-tenth degree changes. This is probably attributable to the electronic temperature control. We wondered if they used the same method as Decent Espresso, in which they use a small group head that can be quickly heated with some electronics, instead of relying on a large heavy block of metal for thermal retention. This allows more precise control, with a PID directly on the head, and would explain how Senremo can make such small adjustments and keep thermal stability across multiple shots. I've noticed that the water tank is very small, and appears to be a secondary option behind the mains attachment. Although you can purchase a version without mains connectivity, which relies on water from the tank, I don't see the point of this for such a premium machine. We didn't see an explanation of it, or how, pre-infusion and flow profiling would work if the machine had no direct water connection. Some machines can do this with a specialized pump and internal gate controls. Finally, we need to see how easy the U will be to disassemble and perform maintenance on, which will be important for understanding the long-term cost of the machine. Overall, I've not been so excited about an espresso machine in some time. We'll see how it performs, but after fumbling with the cube, San Remo have gone back to their roots and got this one right. Starbucks reports record net quarter revenues. The world's biggest coffee chain reported that Q4 consolidated net revenues were up 31% to a record $8.1 billion. Our strong finish to fiscal 2021, including record performance in the fourth quarter, demonstrates the resilience of Starbucks and reinforces the value of the bold strategic moves we have taken over the past two years. Through it all, we have thoughtfully navigated a strong recovery with an eye towards our future, all guided by our mission and values, said Kevin Johnson, President and CEO. The company's bounce back from COVID was secured by results driven from strong U.S. performance, which was up 22% from Q4 last year, and 11% two-year growth. The rest of the world was hardly a slouch, with Q4 comparable sales up 17%. Breaking down the revenues, the U.S.'s 22% growth was made up of an increase of 19% in comparable transactions, but an additional 3% in average ticket value, which is the amount spent per transaction. Internationally, the story was different, with an increase of comparable transactions by 6%, which was then reduced by a 2% decrease in the average ticket value. Hunting for some information on the company stores in China, we noted a disappointing performance, with comparable transactions dropping by 2%, and a worrying 5% drop in average ticket value. The company's share price went north on the news, defying investor gloom in late October, which saw a strong sell-off of the stock. The company plans to use some of the cash in a share repurchase, but we also noted it was going to increase the average worker's wage to just under $17 per hour by the summer of 2022. Today we announce we will be doubling down on our investments in our partners, the heartbeat of our company. We know that when we exceed the expectations of our people, they in turn exceed the expectations of our customers, which creates value for all of our stakeholders, our partners, our customers, our communities, and our shareholders. We anticipate that our strong business momentum, increased operating efficiency and continued global store expansion will fund these unprecedented investments while delivering yet another year of significant growth," concluded Johnson.
We wondered if this is a preemptive defensive move against the unionization attempts at some of their stores which the company is fighting. The company's performance has exceeded some analysts' expectations, and the question is now whether the non-US markets can follow, and what is going to happen in China under the relatively new leadership of Liu Tsui. Events in Brazilian coffee shape the market for the rest of the world. So as the country reported a positive outlook for the 2022-2023 harvest, the news sent the price of coffee futures on ICE tumbling. Futures are not just financial instruments, but are contracts used by farmers to lock in a price of their crop in advance. The traders or their customers take the risk of whether the prices will be higher or lower at the point of harvest. While the recent high price has been good for some farmers, others that were hit more severely, have been left without enough beans to sell at the higher price to compensate for the lost crop. Further, some of those farmers have sold their crop on contract months previously to traders at the lower price. They now suffer both from both the poor harvest and a lower price that they already agreed with the traders. In some regions of the country, up to 20% of the trees were destroyed. The biggest growing regions, like Minas Gerais and Alta Mogiana, were badly affected, and the farmers there will need to plant new trees which will not see their first harvest for at least three years. However, in other areas, where the impact of the frost was not so bad, the recent weather has been good, with September rainfall quenching the effects of the earlier drought, and leading to some optimism about a bumper harvest next year. The country's robusta production is also set to increase, now set for 20.2 million 60 kilograms bags per annum. A huge 20% jump in just three years. Farmers are planting more of the sturdier plant, which they see as perhaps being a safer bet than the more fragile Arabica. Although Robusta prices are not as good as Arabica, the tree is more sturdy and presents less of an investment risk. The local roasting market is switching to more Robusta as the price of Arabica becomes too high for local consumers. The country consumes around 23.6 million 60 kilograms bags of coffee each year. Even in the UK, a number of roasters are considering a Robusta blend, if they don't have one already. World of Coffee is scheduled to take place in the beautiful city of Warsaw, Poland across June 23 and 25, 2022. These new dates, originally scheduled for June 2020 and postponed due to the COVID-19 pandemic, have adjusted slightly since the initial postponement announcement in order to ensure a better attendee experience. Returning show features include showcase opportunities, like the best new product competition and display, and the Coffee Design Awards, alongside experiential opportunities, like the Roaster's Village, tasting rooms, and the Brew and Espresso Bar features. Educational features, including workshops, lectures, and the selection of educational materials in the SCA store, will also return. Competitors from around the globe will take to the stage when no fewer than four 2022 World Coffee Championships take place at the show, the World Latte Art, World Coffee in Good Spirits, World Cup Tasters, and World Coffee Roasting Championships. World of Coffee has more than tripled in size over the last six years, growing from 3,000 visitors and 45 exhibitors to 10,000 attendees and more than 240 exhibitors. Registration will open in February 2022.
go to www.bartalks.net for the full articles. I look forward to seeing you all next week for the latest stories in the world of coffee. And don't forget to check out our other podcasts, including the popular weekly Bean Talk with Nick and Max, interviews, and of course, the Coco Newscasts.